The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Hey, welcome back to the Welsh Wire. I'm your host, Sherry Welsh with Welsh and Associates. And we're thrilled to be here co-producing our show today with our great friends at the Family Business Alliance. And today we're starting a new series called Right Sizing Risk. Every family business, every business in general is concerned about mitigating and minimizing risk in their operation. And today we're so thrilled to have a couple of experts with us kicking off our series on right sizing risk, talking about fighting fraud. And we have some friends from Hungerford Nichols CPA and Advisors with us today. Hey, Katie and Kristen, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having us today, Sherry. We're we're happy to be here and, and engage in this conversation. Glad to have you and you too, Kristen. So good to have you. Be- and Katie, Katie is a return. Katie's been here once before already. So we're glad to have her back for a second time. So let me introduce them a little bit more. Katie is a business advisor with Hungerford Nichols. She's been with the firm for a number of years. And as I said, shared with us on a podcast several months ago. And Kristen is here now, fairly new to the firm. Kristen is the fraud and litigation team manager at Hungerford Nichols. And I'm so thrilled that you can bring your background and years of experience to light for the folks here at the Family Business Alliance. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So we're talking today about fighting fraud because that's a huge part in mitigating risk as a family-owned business, really as a business of any kind, right? As business owners, we always worry about what, what our risk is in the business. Fraud's a big one. We want to talk about three distinct areas that Kristen is really a regional expert in. Um, we're going to start out talking a little bit about payroll risk. We'll also spend some time talking about internal controls. And hey, listeners, if you have a manufacturing concern, make sure you hang on to the very end of our show, because that's what we're going to talk about, some unique risk situations for manufacturers and distributors, too, really, with regard to inventory fraud. So let's get started. Kristen, tell us about what I think is a universal concern for everyone that owns a business, because everybody has payroll, right? It's payroll risk. Payroll is definitely a a key thing to keep an eye on. Uh, One thing I would definitely recommend is uh, doing periodic reviews and checks of your, your payroll that gets put out weekly. Have someone other than the payroll clerk give it a look over for things such as ghost employees or duplicate mailing addresses even duplicate names of employees. For instance, you could use my maiden name and my current name and I'm the same person, but there's two separate checks right there. So yeah, there's there's so many places where fraud can kind of slip in, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And there are a lot of ways to catch fraud as well. So even though there's a lot of opportunity, if you prepare yourself, you can help reduce the risk fairly easily. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Katie, you have a story that you can share with us about someone that you worked with that experienced some payroll fraud, which might give us a few more insights into what can go wrong there. Tell us a little bit about that situation. So um, I've actually had a, a couple instances, but one really was a, it was a small business and um, the business owner really entrusted his bookkeeper to handle processing all the payroll. So she would collect the time cards and she would enter it into the payroll system and, and generate the payroll. Um, he had such a really great relationship with her that he never really felt a need to come back behind and, and double check things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you can tell where that's going to go. What ended yeah. up happening was she she really, she and, and Kristen will address this a little bit later, but she was experiencing some hardships. And so what she would do on a weekly basis is she would pad her hours just ever so slightly, not enough to really make it obvious. And the owner just, he never caught it because from a cash flow standpoint, you know, payroll ebbs and flows when you have hourly staff. So it was, it wasn't ever anything that was just egregious. Right. Hard to detect. Yeah. And over a year's time, though, it was $5,000. Oh. So as we were coming back and he and I were like looking at financials and and then kind of coming back and I pulled some W-2s and it was like, "Mm, something doesn't seem quite right here. So he and I kind of tag teamed a little bit together, did a little bit of investigative work and you know, it was just one of those unfortunate things all the way around, many hurt feelings. Um, the other really just brief little snippet that I want to kind of share with you is I think when we think of fraud, we think of our employees that might potentially do something. Mm-hmm. I had another situation where it was a co-owner who oh. ended up processing a bonus that wasn't agreed upon at the partnership level. And, and again, it wasn't like this huge dollar amount, but it was a couple thousand dollars at a time. And it was caught over a period of time. Very disruptive. Well, I would say so. And talk about eroding trust in the partnership, right? I mean, I, you, you could see how in a family business, that mm-hmm. could easily happen, right? Christian, you've got some thoughts about that. I mean, there are some learnings out of this story, these stories that Katie just shared with us. Tell us what we should learn from this. Well, and so there's a few red flags that Katie pointed out. If you have um, disgruntled employees, especially in the payroll department, that's something to keep an eye on and look for, or people that are spending outside of their means. So if they pull up in a new Porsche convertible, but they have a lower hourly rate, it's always fair. They could have won the lottery or did a trust, but trust, but verify. So, you know, kind of that. Right. For where that could have came from without being too nosy. (laughs) Um, Another uh, few things Katie mentioned is uh, padding hours. Um, and added bonuses, any type of bonus or increased hourly wage, something like that can be caught with the periodic reviews. Generally, businesses have annual reviews, which is where 
the bonuses and the increases come. And yes. there's usually not a lot of movement outside of that. But if there is, an owner or a manager is generally aware of that because it's unusual. Right, so right. Those are all great things to look for. Um, and I would highly recommend, as I mentioned, ghost employees. 27% of businesses actually have issues with ghost employees in the payroll. Small businesses are twice as likely to have that than larger ones. So uh, keep an eye out. And that's where the periodic reviews are very helpful. Right, right. Oh, great, great tips and insight around payroll. Yeah, there's so many moving parts when it comes to payroll, right? Um, And it makes it very difficult to detect. And like you've said, it can even just be slight, subtle changes. And it can be anywhere from a trusted long-term employee of the business who, you you know, runs into financial hardship and decides that this might be a way to help themselves out to an owner that just thinks, well, this will be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And erodes the trust of the, you know, basically his leadership and his co-owner, his or her co-owner. Yeah, it's a, wow. So payroll is a big one. So keep an eye on that. Great story. Great tips. Um, we also want to talk a little bit about internal controls, cash control. Um, that's another important area that affects every business, right? We've all got to look at our internal controls. And we hear this all the time, but yet it kind of, you know, we think, well, someone else is doing, we don't really need to worry about that. But as owners, as leaders in the business, we really mm-hmm. do need to ask about internal controls at many different levels. You've got some other stories to share about companies that have run into some problems that you've experienced situations with. Katie, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I hate to always be the storyteller, but... (laughs) But your stories give us a good idea of what to look at because this is real, right? I mean, this is reality podcasting here. So I have a story that happened a couple of years ago, um, and it's a family-owned business. Okay. You know, we never think of people as, especially in our own families, that, you know, that they would have an intention of, of doing some sort of criminal act, right? right. But at the well, end yeah, of the day- Well, yeah, we want to believe the best in people. And yeah. that, I mean, that's that's probably the thing that works against us the most, if we're going to be honest, right, Kristen, yep. is that, you know, we're, we want to believe the best in people and trust. We do. Mm-hmm. Which you um, still can. You just need to have oversight. Right. right. Well, and Katie right. made a good comment. One of you made a good comment. Trust, but verify. One of you said that. Yeah, absolutely. So in this particular case, one of the things that had happened and, and Kristen alluded to this a little while ago is the person that had the oversight and the full charge over the finances of the company periodically would put extra charges on credit cards and then and then they had the full authority to pay the credit cards and and record where those charges were going. So instead of going to like a draw account or a disbursement or a like, um, yeah, a draw account, that um, it would go to an expense account. So things mm-hmm. that weren't business in nature were getting recorded as deductible business expenses. And then the That's other awesome. thing that was happening was they were cutting periodic checks, reimbursement checks back to themselves for things that weren't legitimate business expenses. The thing though, that really was maybe the most like, oh my goodness, I, I, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. As we were going through and doing a review of 
of the different expense accounts, one of the things that I did, and this is available to most most people who have business bank accounts, is I was reviewing an actual bank statement. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, which is really nice, the bank statement included copies of the checks that cleared. So I was going through and I was reviewing checks. Since I was aware and I was intentionally searching for transactions that looked a little odd, I pulled one particular check that didn't have the proper endorsement on it. Like it just looked a little bit off to me and it was made payable to this particular person. Mm. And it was an unusually large dollar amount. So there were these flags went off. Mm -hmm. So I made an inquiry of it and it ended up through discussion and through this like, well, here's kind of what I did. I put in a fictitious bill under a real vendor. And then what I did was I created a disbursement and then I amended the, I edited the check, you know, edited the disbursement and made it payable to myself. So wow, that is just one of those things going back to internal controls. How do you prevent stuff like that from happening? I was, I was very open with this person. I said, you know, I'm, I'm just really curious. Why did you do that? And the question was, you know, I think pretty honest from my perspective, I wanted to understand, but this particular person said to me, I don't know why I did that. I never meant to hurt my partner. I never meant to do this. It was one of those things, well, I did this and and nobody caught it. So I did this and then nobody caught it. And and then kind of goes back to this, I'd like Kristen to address this, our fraud triangle. And it's, you know, around opportunity, it's about rationalization and around financial pressure. This particular person's lifestyle really did start to change, but it was subtle and it was subtle over time. And so they had a need for additional funds. And it sounds like it's a bit of a slippery slope, too. I mean, you indicate that some of these people, maybe this is their first time trying this, right? And they start with a little, and as you say, it doesn't get noticed, and then it's a little more, it's a little more, it's a little more, and all of a sudden, here we are. Wow, that's an incredible story, and so Mm -hmm. many learnings, I think, that we can pull out of that. But help us unpack that, Kristen, there's so much there. So, so how do we reduce risk? What did we, what do we need to learn from what Katie shared with us in that story? Well, over the next 12 months, the ACFE expects employee embezzlement to increase by 71%. Uh, COVID was definitely a, a help with that burden, unfortunately, on business owners. And wow. so this is, this is a hot area to talk about. And so it sure can- is. Mm-hmm to pay attention to um, small things you can you can do check bank statements if you're a business owner um, I know that those of you that are business owners may think oh I don't have time I have people to do this for me but I will tell you you will catch a lot of things if you periodically run and check the bank statement just scroll through and see what a few things are right um, some internal controls that you can put in place have uh, check periodically switch the accounts that they're working on. Or if you have the luxury, if your company's big enough, 
have check signers uh, rotate on and off for check signing. That way, if someone does have a fraud they're covering up, there's a little bit of a gap in between and it'll be harder for them to cover it up. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just a simple thing of looking at that bank statement and having somebody different look at the bank statement and reconcile the bank statement than who's actually signing and cutting the checks. Just separating that one, that one, or I should say those two duties right there would be, would make such a difference. It would have made all the difference in the world with your client, Katie, that would have been caught right away. And and Sherry, to be honest with you, um, the smaller the organization, the smaller the number of people that are running that family-owned business, it's it's a little bit more challenging to put internal controls in place. It but is. It, it is possible. And it and it isn't because I don't trust you. It's because we've got to have each other's backs. Right. Right. We we always have to make sure that we've got like like you're watching me, I'm watching you. We've got transparency and honesty going on. That's right. Yeah, because really it's about the success, the long-term success of the organization. And if yeah. somebody is making a mistake or, you know, really, really coloring outside the lines here, doing things that they shouldn't, I mean, the the, the health and welfare of the employees and the organization is dependent on getting those situations taken care of. So, right. Yeah, we all want to protect our futures and the future of the company. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Other things, Kristen, with regard to internal controls, tell us more about that. Other things that we should look for or keep an eye for? Yeah, and a real easy one to put in place is having limits on your checks um, going out without dual signatures. So for instance, Mm. depending on the size of your accounts payables that go out, um, having a $5,000 limit, anything over $5,000 requires two signatures. It's a very simple way to get a double set of eyes on what you're doing. If you have a stamp with your owner's signature and you use that for, say, tax returns or uh, checks or contracts, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. generally the admin uh, has direct access to that. I would highly recommend having that locked up uh, if you are able to have it in a room where there's an electronic entryway. So a key or a fob, something required to get in in that manner that's not as easily handed off, or even better, have it in a room where there's a camera so that if there is an issue, you can have a little bit more insight into who may have caused that issue. I was working on a case not too long ago, and I spoke with the administrative assistant. And while I was talking with her, I noticed a notebook on her desk a little bit open, and there were quite a few credit cards in there. And so Hmm. piquing my curiosity, I drew her attention to the computer screen as the fraud examiner that I am. And I read all of the credit card names and they were all the owner's name. And I thought, gosh, he's a very sensible person. That's unusual to have so many open lines of, of credit. And I thought, well, okay, maybe there's business perks, you get rewards, cash back, maybe they're playing some kind of financial game, right, to get ahead. So I I sat down with the business owner and I was uh, giving him my recommendations for their internal controls. And I said, you know, you might want to consider trimming down the number of credit cards that you have open. And he said, well, gosh, I only have two. You want me to go down to one? <laughs> and I said, Uh-oh. oh, dear, we have a lot more to talk about. You mm-hmm. have at least seven in the other room. So we walked over and, and had a chat. And 
Um, unfortunately, you know, this, this administrative assistant had been part of the family business for 25, 30 years. She had all the keys to the kingdom, which is fine, but she didn't have any oversight. And so um, that's how she was able to open all of these lines of credit without his knowledge. He doesn't. He didn't look at the bank statements. Um, she put all of the credit card statements electronic to her email, and so there was no way for him to find this except for checking your credit score, your credit report. I would highly recommend if you own a business and you have an administrative assistant that maybe has access to your social security number, maybe your spouse's social security number, your address. They know a significant amount of background information about you to be able to open up loans and credit cards in this manner. But your credit report will show all open lines of credit. So that's a very easy way, a very quick way for you to find out if someone has opened another account in your name. Wow, that that's kind of a frightening story, isn't it? A 25-year yes. employee. Trusted. Yeah. yeah. It's the lack of oversight. So, you know, keep the conversations going with your employees. They just because you have someone with that much access and you do trust them doesn't mean they're committing fraud. Right. So, yeah. It's it's fair to, you know, have someone of that benefit to be able to help you through your business endeavors, but it's fair to them to also help them with a little oversight because if they did become in a position where let's say their spouse or their child gotten an accident and, and needed $3,000 right away to have surgery or, or whatever it may be. Now they're in a position where they have access to all your bank accounts. They have access to all your information. It'd be very easy for them to pull out 3000 and they'll pay it back next month, right? We've all heard that before. Well, I was just borrowing it. I was going to pay it back. And that's all good and well, but um, that's where it comes back to trust, but verify. Yeah, it does. It does for sure. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, and as a business owner, I also understand that some of these, these duties, like looking over the bank statement, we think we're so busy. We yeah. don't have time. Like, yeah. oh, like yeah. somebody else can really do that for me. Like, but they can just do all of it. Right. Because it just seems like, oh, it's just too much. But you raised some really important issues about why we should make time to make sure some of these things have oversight from us or from other individuals. If you can't separate the duties out, like you mentioned the challenges of that in a small family business, Katie, that's real, right? Yeah. Um, We just have to make time in our schedules to provide that oversight. Great, great insight. Let's talk a little bit about manufacturing. Manufacturers and distributors, right? When it comes to inventory management, wow, a whole host of additional issues open up there with regard to risk and fraud. So talk to us about that. I mean, you've got a story about that, I think, to share also, Kristen, about something you experienced previously with a manufacturer. Yes, I've had a a few fun ones with this particular industry. Uh, The loading dock is always a favorite of mine. Um, I had a case not too long ago where an employee had a friend pull up a pickup truck and one by one removed components of a final product machinery. And over a period of time, they were able to reassemble the final product. And the auditors thought, oh, it's too heavy of a final product to just carry out of here because you needed a lift in order to transport it. And the components on their own weren't worth very much. So there's no risk, right? Well, they people get creative, right? Apparently and, they do, yes. 
Yes, and so I, I would highly recommend if you do have a plant or a facility that has a loading dock that accepts deliveries or um, has movement of any kind of inventory to have a camera in play. Specifically, if you have it on your system, enlist the motion sensors. Um, the motion sensors are a very quick and easy way to check to see if there's things happening on your loading dock that shouldn't mm -hmm. be happening. So generally the motion will be a different color on the recording. So you can go right to that color and just check that few minutes and see what's happening. Yeah. Now you it's will a great, get the great idea. Yeah, you'll get the occasional raccoon digging through your garbage, but I promise <laughs> you, if you catch someone stealing from your company, it'll be well worth it in the long run. It's an right. easy thing to do. Right. Absolutely. Very, very good advice. What What other thoughts do you have about mitigating the risk there? Well, uh, another uh, area that I've seen um, are renovations or building add-ons. Mm. So... Um, I had a case not too long ago where the manager of the actual building ordered extra carpet for the construction project and decided that with this extra carpet, he would carpet his personal cottage. <laughs> and so Gosh. he almost got away with it too. But um, as Katie was mentioning, right, you get away with it over and over. So you just keep doing it. He would brag to another employee. And so that's how he got oh, caught. Oh, my word. Oh my word! Really, the the I'm sure the stories are endless, but it yeah, it just really really tells you how creative people can be. And if you and seriously, if you don't think that it can happen to you, you're wrong. That and was um, both of those happened in the Grand Rapids area. Wow! And so one thing, if you do have a renovation, I would highly recommend just taking a look at what's ordered for your construction project. Obviously, there's going to be some type of waste. But just get a general sense of what you may need for the project and what was actually ordered. And that's a good way to kind of check and balance um, if the products are being used for your project and not something else. Right. Right. Katie, we haven't brought you into talking about inventory. I don't know if there's anything that you would add on top of what Kristen has shared. Well, for me, I think, um, you know, it's a little bit more around internal controls, right? Mm -hmm. So... Certainly, if you're manufacturing or you're retail, it the it's no fun taking in a physical inventory. But if you're manufacturing, you know, making sure that you're taking those periodic test counts of product or um, your physical inventory at the end of the year, um, you know, really kind of evaluating if you've got large fluctuations in those adjustments and going back and try to trace you know, what might've happened or what might've caused it? Is it natural waste? Are you in the food industry? Is it natural waste? And and maybe there was some reason that you had spoilage over a period of time, or yes. um, could it be that you have something valuable, some sort of electronic component or some sort of copper type component that has a, a, a value out in the secondary market, so yep. to speak? Yeah, things like that. Just you know, having awareness, having protection. Katie brings up some really good points there, um, especially with inventory counts. If there are any unexplained or frequent inventory offages, and you talk to the inventory manager and they say, "Oh, it's always like that. Don't worry." That is my favorite part to jump in because you should not have such efficiencies, especially consistent efficiencies. So even if there's nothing 
fraudulent going on, there's there's lost efficiency for your business, right? But generally, yeah. when you get that, oh, it's always like that. Usually, there's a little bit more to, to dig into there. So oh, yeah, got to take a look at that more closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, re- that's really, really great advice. In closing, Kristen, you have shared some really like four super good tips that we can do as business owners and leaders to really dial in on fraud. Um, The first thing that you shared with us is you say, listen to learn. Tell us what that means. That's kind of my motto is when you're a business owner, if you're able, keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in your organization. And a good way to do that is honestly hang around the water cooler, right? So get to know your employees. And if they are comfortable with you, eventually they will start telling you things that they wish they hadn't told you, right? Wonderful advice. Yeah, that's great. You can easily get a feel for the culture that way. And if your business, let's say your organization is maybe a hundred people or more. So you're not able to talk to every employee due to time constraints and all of that. Ask your managers to keep a pulse on their team. They may have five to 20 people and Maybe not every day they check in, but throughout the month, they should kind of have a pulse of, oh, yeah, so-and-so, you know, is is having a hard time coping with this new change we implemented, or so-and-so is, their, their son needs braces, and they're a little nervous about finding money, right? So right. just because someone has stress in their personal life doesn't mean they're going to commit fraud or that they have no. committed fraud. No. However, it is a red flag to to keep an eye on. And so it's very good as a business owner to know these types of things about your employees. Right, for sure. And so when you spend time engaging with them, as you say, listen and learn, right, you learn more about them. But it also gives you an opportunity through that relationship building and trust building to teach them, as you said, what to look out for you know, how to protect the assets of the organization. And then, you know, you also say you've got more eyes. Right. How can you do that work, right? So 80% of, of every person, most people are good. 80% of the population is good, good-hearted. They want to do the right thing. You bet. The other 20%, if they were tempted, they may choose the right thing or they may choose the wrong thing. And there's a very small percentage of, of people that generally will just always go out of their way to do the wrong thing. And so by educating your employees, you've now enlisted an additional set of eyes to protect your assets. And if you think about it, you're already paying them. So you're just adding value to the position and you're making it a safer place financially um, for your employees. But with educating your employees, you want to make sure that there's a venue and an area that they can report what they see. So suspicious activity reporting, um, either through maybe a hotline or some some way that's anonymous and confidential mm-hmm. that they feel comfortable telling you about things that they have noticed. Yeah, that is a great, great tip. And, and making sure that they're reporting that to the right person too, that they feel comfortable that will be acted on and handled in a discreet and confidential manner. Great, great suggestions. You both have had terrific insight for mm-hmm. our listeners today. Oh my gosh, I feel like I learned so much more and I'm sure they do too. Um, Family businesses can really right-size the risk by fighting fraud with the tips that you have shared today. Um, And we know that Hunger for Nickel stands ready with a whole lot of other services, too, to provide. So um, we know you do fraud awareness training, 
Kristen, you're involved in fraud assessment. Kate, you've been involved in some of that fraud prevention yeah. checklist. There's a whole host of services that if you need more, Hungerford Nichols stands ready to be able to provide, which is awesome. And, and because you've done this for years, that's what makes you both such experts in this. But let me ask you, so if our listeners would like to know more about what you can do or ask some follow-up questions even about things that they heard today, how can they get in touch with you, Katie? So um, I think that I'd like to direct you to our website first, because we have some great nuggets of information on there too. We do have a page dedicated to our fraud and litigation team. It's www.hungerfordnichols.com. You can also call our main number, 616-949-3200. You can ask for Kristen. She's a great resource to, to start with. We actually have a team. So depending on what your area is or what your business or, um, you know, there could be, we have three CFEs on staff. It's like, holy cow, we're, we are poised and ready to serve. Yeah, you're packed and ready to go. Yes, yep. such great tips. So we can get a hold of you, Katie, and get a hold of you, Kristen, both mm-hmm. through the website or through that number Absolutely. that Katie shared. Again, friends, we have been here today with Katie Felber, business advisor with Hungerford Nichols, and Kristen Spence, who leads the fraud and litigation team. She's the manager of that team at Hungerford Nichols. And we just can't thank you enough for setting us up for success in fighting fraud. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Katie, for being our guest today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.